0: Hello, and welcome to Primary Immunodeficiency Questions and Answers. This podcast is a service of the Immune Deficiency Foundation, a nonprofit organization that improves the diagnosis, treatment, and quality of life of people affected by primary immunodeficiency. In this episode, we will be focusing on teens living with PI as we discuss important issues such as managing your health while juggling school and friends all while working towards being independent. And now, let's begin.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to this episode, Being Independent, part of IDF's teen podcast series. I'm your host, John Boyle. Figuring out your journey through life can always be tough, especially as you grow older and more independent. While your parents probably make most of your decisions for you in the early years, you'll start to make more choices on your own as a teen, such as when you do your homework, what you'll wear to school, what activities you want to be a part of. One of the best parts of being a teenager is having a little more freedom and being able to make some of your own decisions. However, when you're living with a primary immunodeficiency, you'll also have to start handling more responsibility and start managing your health alongside of your parents. In this episode, we're going to discuss a little bit about how to manage our health while learning how to be more responsible for our life choices, ultimately being a little more independent. Helping us to explore these topics, we have Keegan Hartman with us. Keegan was diagnosed with X-linked anemia, or XLA, at birth. On his mother's side of the family, Keegan's uncles and great-uncles also have XLA, along with a growth hormone deficiency. According to the National Institutes of Health, or NIH, Keegan, along with his uncles, were known to be the only five individuals in the world with this rare combination. Keegan has been a member of IDF and has been attending IDF events since he was seven years old. He's also a former IDF team council member having just aged out of the council this last year. Keegan's entering his junior year at the University of Missouri of Columbia, where he is majoring in strategic communications with the intent to minor in sports journalism. On campus, Keegan is a part of the University of Missouri's student media organization, where he's involved with the on-campus radio station, along with a sports talk radio show called Breakfast of Champions. Keegan, welcome. Thank you so very much for joining us here today.
2: Yeah, uh, pleasure to be here. Glad I could uh, join you.
1: Well, Keegan. First, I'd like to say thanks for uh, joining us during these uh, strange times. I uh, hope that you're doing well and staying safe. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about what life has been like for you uh, during the pandemic, and uh, maybe I assume coping with uh, a little bit less interaction with other people than usual.
2: You know, with the the changing times, the trying times, um, everything that's been going on, I've pretty much been abiding by. The same rules that everybody else should be abiding by. Um, if, I mean, school let out in March up at the University of Missouri in Columbia, so I was back home late March, and I've pretty much been for probably eighty percent of my summer. I've been I've been staying in my house. Uh, if I go out in public, I'm wearing a face mask. I'm maintaining social distancing. A uh, new face mask ordinance just got placed here in Joplin, Missouri, my hometown, and that goes until August seventeenth. So I've been definitely way more precautious than a lot of my friends because not a lot of people are on the same page with it. So I, I, I've just uh, I've I've taken every single precaution when it when it comes to you know going out, maybe hanging with a couple friends. I've I've hung out with a couple of my friends, but uh, You know, not nothing too big. So, yeah, I'm just taking it easy with everything that's going on right now. Well,
1: that sounds uh, uh, (laughs) about as healthy and wise as uh, as one uh, could and should. But I mean, you know, this is this is a real uh, transition. You know, it's a real change from the norm. Um, Can you talk a little bit about? what it's like because you've gone through a lot of these sort of transition times going from middle school to high school high school to college and now uh that you're in this time of your life you're having to go through the times as they are being um, you know kind of provided to you while still maintaining your independence can you talk to us a little bit about what you think about maintaining independence, uh, you know, in general, as, as someone who has a health condition and is trying to navigate their way uh, through such strange and interesting times.
2: Hmm. I think independence is tough because I really try to seek advice from my parents a lot. I mean, I'm 20 years old, I'm still trying to figure things out. But I go to them a lot of the times for advice. I know that they said to really, I guess, quote unquote, marinate with, with, uh, you know, your what you're going to be doing, what your plans are, really think about what you want to do. If if, if you want to go back to college, if you want to stay here, we understand. And so I made the decision to sign a lease back in April, and I, I got my new apartment. So that tells you that tells you what I'm doing. But Going back up there, I think is it's going to be a little difficult because, you know, you've got 30,000 kids plus at the University of Missouri and you're trying to trying to cram, you know, all those kids wandering in and about campus. I'm not going to be on campus. I'm going to be doing my classes online and I have to give a shout out to the Disability Center for the University of Missouri because they've been so cooperative and understanding and I guess a, a key of ad, a piece of advice I'd give to anybody listening is if, if and when you get into college, take advantage of the Disability Center on campus because they've helped me through these trying times. I mean, you never know if we're going to have one of these again, but even regardless, we do have a compromised immune system. So definitely seek their advice and their counseling and guidance because they've been crucial to my college career. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to give it a go because... I had this intention. I set this goal for myself to be able to to go up there. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone originally. And I, I know, I guess, with the respects of COVID-19 right now, I still want to be able to attack my goals and I still want to be able to succeed. And if that means I got to go up there and, and be close to campus and and have that resource you know, right next to me, closer than what I am, which is four hours, then, then so be it. So I'm not, I, 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 I've been utilizing my resources, but I, I, I just feel like I, I have to go back up there. I, I gotta get, I gotta, I have goals. I'm sorry. I don't know how to, how to close that off. I just, I, I, I gotta go back up there. That's, that's the goal. That's the point.
1: No, Keegan, I think that that's great. I mean, you know, this is, This time is a strange time. It's an aberration. Eventually, we will get back to whatever becomes the new normal. And in our world, the new normal is reset somewhat regularly, I think. Uh, But to have those goals and to say, hey, this is where I want to get to makes all the sense in the world. Uh, And again, no one has a crystal ball because this is all so new. Um, But one thing is, pandemic aside... There's a lot of things that you have gone through, which are going to be pretty similar to what uh, a lot of other uh, people who are younger than you. Again, you're 20 years old, you've gone through a few of these things, uh, but there's some, I think, potentially lessons learned from things that you have experienced that other people might be uh, as time goes on. So, um, you know, in pivoting to, some of those topics, as we all hope for vaccines and a a return to whatever our new normal is. um, In your experience, when it comes time for for people to set their own goals, teens to set their own goals in terms of being active, uh, doing something, signing up for a sport, an after-school activity, uh, a part-time job, when they have a primary immunodeficiency as you have, what advice would you give to someone who is looking to, uh, you know, to start something new and to to say, "Hey, this is my goal. I want to go and get it, but I, I'll probably have to balance this, and I've never done that before." You've done some new things in your uh, in your time. Um, how have you pr- approached that, and, and what might you say to a teenager who all of a sudden is saying, "Hey, I want to go for one of these th- new things"?
2: I think the first thing, the first step, you know, to trying new things and pursuing things that you want to do is you have to be very transparent and upfront with your coaches, your mentors, your teachers, your professors, whatever the case may be. I know that when, when I was in football, I mean, I played my freshman and sophomore year of high school, and then I found other avenues. But for the time that I was there, I mean, I, my coaches were understanding and I, you know, I would, I would tell them, Hey, I'm not feeling well, I'm not doing this. Now there would be some, some cases where, you know, I might play and I, I do not recommend this. There might be some point, some days I was dreading practice and I just didn't want to go. So I'd send an email to my coach and be like, Hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling good. Don't do that. Please do not do that. You will pay you, will <laughs> you will do some running. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's a no, no, but, I would say, you know, tell them what you're going through. Tell them what you have, and and they will be understanding. They will make accommodations for you. I, I I say this again, and I can't emphasize it enough. The disability center up there has set the, they set down the law for all my professors, all my all the groups, all the extracurricular groups I'm a part of. I you mentioned I was a part of the Missouri the Mizzou Student Media Organization, and and. I mean they've worked hand in hand to make accommodations for me to make sure that I stay healthy and and I'm able to live I'm I'm able to live a normal life. So I mean just just seeking advice of of those people and ha- asking them to help you will help you get closer uh you know to to being a part of those organizations. Uh, that that'd be the biggest key for me. It's just making sure that you tell them Tell the person that uh, that's a head of the organization or the coach. Like I said, just tell them upfront what you have and everything, and, and being super transparent, and they will, they will, they will help. They will help.
1: Well, Keegan, um, I think that that's great advice. Uh, but that's th- those are you know coaches and teachers and and some of the other infrastructure of the school or frankly adults. Um, when it comes to that sort of transparency, um, you know, especially if you think about, you know, uh, starting high school and then going through your high school years, you know, you're making new friends. These people do not necessarily have the same maturity and, and we're not talking about the same sort of obligations that they have. How do you, you know, how do you describe your condition to potential new friends do you maintain that same level of transparency and and how would you say that over uh the years especially your teenage years that went
2: um well i guess i'll start with i'll go i'll go from now until back then so in the time i've been up in college when i've made new friends because i got to think it's it's a lot more people than it was in high school probably about I couldn't even tell you. I'm not good at math, like nine times the amount of people in my high school. So I would say whenever I've got friends over, my roommates have friends over and we're all in the living room. Normally it's on a Sunday. That's when I do my treatments. So I could be in the living room, you know, just getting my treatment prepared and somebody asks the question, hey, what's that? And then, uh, you know, I just kind of give them a look and, you know, I give them a sermon basically um, uh, you know, I tell them basically, hey, I was diagnosed with the uh, primary immunodeficiency. I don't get too technical because nobody can say X-linked A, So I just tell them, you know, I was diagnosed with this at a, at a very young age. I've got a compromised immune system. So my immune system doesn't function uh, properly like yours does. I, I don't have as many white blood cells as you do. So I can't combat sickness like you can. So to compromise for that, I take these infusions uh, and, and people have different methods of taking their medicine. So basically presenting what your medicine is about is 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 how I break it down to them. And and I just tell them I need this to live. Now, if I go back to high school, yeah, um, I have a small circle of friends. I didn't have too many friends. And when I did tell when I did tell my friends, I mean, I was a part of football. So the coaches, I kind of, I kind of presented that in a way where everybody knew, I kind of told everybody, you know, yeah, if you didn't know this already, because all the people that I went to school with, we had been going to school since elementary. So they kind of had an idea, but you know, as, as you mature, as you grow older, you're able to get more of an understanding. And so I kind of got in depth with, you know, Hey, this is what I have. Um, so this, this is what I go through. This is, I have a compromised immune system and, you know, everybody was pretty open about it. Um, You know, all the new friends that I made and and the more I got involved with the immune deficiency foundation, that really helped because, you know, I kind of, I kind of gained a little bit of a family there and, and, you know, that kind of, it was kind of reassuring with with them because that kind of boasted my confidence a little bit. Once I gained a little bit of a family within the Immune Deficiency Foundation, I started to talk about that more. And I kind of used, uh, you know, the Immune Deficiency Foundation as like, a, I guess a medium, if you will, sort of like to to tell everybody about and, you know, kind of lead them to, to that and, and show them what I'm involved in. So once I got to high school – I kind of led them to that once I kind of explained everything. Um, So, yeah.
1: Oh, no, Keegan, I think you answered it uh, actually beautifully, Um, but I'd like to actually go a little bit even deeper on this in in terms of talking about this sort of transparency that you first mentioned and and talking a little bit about how uh, at some level you, you know, your experiences with IDF and meeting other teens and and everything else uh, may have helped you along the way. this sort of transparency this comfort that you have in talking with your friends your classmates you know who you did grow up with going to the school um you know but still you you could have kept it secret you could have taken somewhat of a, of a different path can you tell me a little bit about how your family and your care team um what their reactions to uh, to transparency has been? Was that something that was encouraged from the get-go? Or is that something that has kind of more gradually been a part of this? Were you all on the same page? Or is this sort of transparency something that was pushed on you or that you pushed? Anything along those lines? Because different families and different experiences are going to be coming at this somewhat differently And, and knowing a little bit of that background I think could be of interest.
2: Well there's a there's a few highlights from my lifetime where it kind of just it went hand in hand. So in first grade and second grade, I'll get I'll answer this to the best of my ability. So in first and second grade I had I I got staph infection and I was out for a good duration of of the school year for first and second grade. I would go to after school classes you know my teachers were super lenient and understanding my parents of course had talked to them because I was only seven at the time so I would go to these after school classes you know after once I was released from the hospital in which I spent probably two weeks both my first and so like suit two separate occurrences I I'd, I'd spent a good deal in the hospital from staph infection and my my teachers were super understanding of the circumstances I was going through And and everybody kind of noticed that I was absent from class and I got sent, you know, the super kind, you know, get well soon cards. You know, basically my teachers told them I was sick. And so they sent me get well soon cards. They called me from from the hospital. So super understanding. And then when I got to third grade, I think the Immune Deficiency Foundation had actually introduced or at least we had participated in a fundraiser. We were selling the IDF bracelets. And I put together this presentation in third grade and I presented it to all my classmates. And I, I actually, I made a killing. I, I actually, I, I did a good job. I, right. We raised a lot of money that, that year. Uh, we had a fundraiser golf tournament. Uh, my dad and a bunch of his buddies came together. We kind of spread the word and, and we did a lot of good charity work with the immune efficiency foundation. I think that, that that was like that was how I got out of my comfort zone really there really really wasn't a comfort zone I mean I was just I've been so used to it for so long is what I'm trying to say John I mean it, it just it's been a part of me my whole life and you know my parents kind of instilled in me you know you got to be upfront you got to be transparent with with who you're talking to I, I I think to answer your question transparency was was instilled in me by my parents and being upfront with my classmates and teachers you know hey if they notice that I'm missing so much time from school I don't go in too depth I'll be very broad with them be like I was sick and then you know if you're sick from what you're from I mean at this age you should you should be able to kind of give them a gist of of, of what you're going through or you know what what you've at least what what you can be broad about it is what I'm trying to say but like if 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 the if the question arises, being upfront with them, being transparent with them, maybe even the most simplest terms, can go a long way. I mean, like that is the it's a it's a small stepping stone, but it's a stepping stone and and gaining comfort to be able to talk about it. And so sometimes these people that confront you, that's the best method to being able to talk about what you're going through. I think that once you're able to attack that, it, it really, it's not hard. It's just having a conversation. And, and I say that and I'm kind of struggling to answer these questions, but I mean, like, it's as simple as that. I, I feel like, um, but that's, that's just me in my opinion.
1: Well, Keegan, uh, <laughs> uh, that's just you is all that we want. And seriously, really appreciate the fact that, um, you know, as I probe here, and as we kind of talk a little bit deeper about these things that you're so willing to talk about uh, these experiences from the past and and those those times in the hospital, I do know that they can stay with you, and so I appreciate your being so open and uh, you know chewing on these things because uh, they're not cut and dry, they're not black and white, and uh, reminiscing about your journey here is, uh, is, is really, I think, incredibly valuable for those who are listening. But uh, knowing that you've, I've been throwing some curveballs at you here for a little bit, uh, I think it'd be a great time to take a break. Uh, so uh, let's uh, do that, and then we'll talk some more in just a moment.
0: No matter where you are along your journey, IDF wants to help you manage living with primary immunodeficiency, or PI. As a community-empowered organization, IDF can provide you with support, education, and resources to help you cope with a wide variety of issues related to PI, including physical and mental health, insurance, and relationships. For more information, please visit www.primaryimmune.org.
1: All right, welcome back my guest keegan hartman is exploring the challenges of becoming independent as a young person while juggling school friendships and activities uh, so i'd like to switch gears a little bit here and talk about managing your health um, one of the many transitions of uh, becoming independent uh you know is gaining more responsibility uh now As someone with a chronic condition, your responsibilities can include uh, maybe making your own doctor's appointments, uh, uh, getting involved in helping to refill uh, your prescriptions. Um, What are some of the things that you have had to do in terms of responsibility with your health, maybe back in the high school days, uh, in your transition to colleges? What are some of the things that you have had to deal with with those sorts of transitions? And maybe any best practices that you found when dealing with that transition of, uh, taking on more responsibility in that arena?
2: Um, I think that, let's see, what were, what were some of the first things that, that my parents had me do? Um, okay. So calling in, calling in for, for prescriptions, calling in for my medicine. Um, that was one of the first smaller steps that in high school, my parents kind of, maybe around, maybe the age of 16 or 17, I want to say they were like, okay, look, we're getting tired of, they didn't say we're getting tired of doing the phone calls, but they're like, look, you're 16 now you can talk and uh, you can tell them, you know, what you need, what, what your prescription entails. And so basically we would call our, our distributor or whatever. And, and, and I would just be like, yes, uh, I need this order. I need this much medicine. I would tell them my dosage, which is 12 grams and you know i would tell them any supplies that you know may need to go with that order i think that's one of the first steps that's one of the more comfortable i feel like it'd be one of the more easiest steps to accomplish because really it's just a phone call and it shouldn't take any more than five to ten minutes uh, to be able to hash out and get it sent your way Uh, that's one of the main steps and then um Being on time. This is another small step, really. they go hand in hand. Being on time. Don't procrastinate with with your treatments and stuff. Making sure you're doing it uh, when you need to do it. This sounds super hypocritical, guys. And so I'm just going to say this. When I got to college, it was difficult for me to be able to be consistent because I was transitioning into into the college atmosphere. And so there was a lot of there was a lot of distractions. There was a lot of other things that my mind was set on, and and really, I was like, I wasn't really honed in on on doing my treatment consistently. And then there was a good time frame where I caught a little bit of a cold, and and I was like, yeah, I I, I got to change this. So for the most part, you know, I might be off by by a day, uh, but I guess my advice to anybody is get a calendar, get a planner, be consistent with your days, because if it throws you off, you know, if you go X amount of days without doing a treatment, you know, you have your week time frame. But if you go over that, if you exceed that, that's a problem. You have to be able to be consistent with, with giving your infusions and, and giving them by yourself. I mean, you, you got to get comfortable. I know a lot of my friends at, at later ages within the immune deficiency foundation at later ages, they weren't, they weren't able to, you know, do their infusions because they just weren't comfortable. And I mean, I kind of stepped out of that, out of that scene of having my parents help me at the age of 14. So I was fortunate enough to, you know, kind of be, kind of be pushed into that, that position in, in high school and, and learn how to administer my own infusions And and be ready and be prepared for college. Uh, that's that's the biggest that's the biggest key there. So high school is really for immune deficiency patients, it's getting things figured out. And so definitely take advantage of, you know, when your parents are on the phone and and they're calling up your 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 doctor, they're calling up your your distributor, be like, hey, let me talk to them, let me let me place the order for the medicine. Or you know, when if you're still getting help from, from your parents doing your infusions and whatnot, that's fine. But you got there's got to come a time where you want to be able to transition out of that because at some point you are going to be faced with independence. And so you want to be able to transition well. And so I think uh, those are two, I guess, my two key advices uh, in high school at least. Uh, I don't know if you want me to answer college. That I'm still trying to figure some things out, believe it or not.
1: Oh Keegan, I w- I would love it, and and I would I would also just kind of uh, mention here because again, there are two primary modalities uh, for doing immunoglobulin. One is intravenous, uh, to which you have uh, a trained professional coming in once every three or four weeks, uh, administering it to you. For which again, you don't have to be. As hands-on and responsible, but what you're talking about is subcutaneous immunoglobulin, uh, and so from that experience that you were talking about in high school to then transitioning to college, and uh, and I I know something uh, as well about how off you can get um, uh, with such things. Yeah, would would love to hear a little bit more. Knowing that again, you will get it figured out eventually. You will get into that rhythm um, about how you have handled doing this without frankly a safety net of your parents you know when you were in your parents home um and and in high school it was a little bit different but now that you are on your own you really are having to figure out how to apply this the way that you want to and, and that comes with some challenges so yeah we would love to hear a little bit more about the uh, uh <laughs> the college uh uh challenges
2: of doing subcutaneous on your own Um, I'm going to, I mean, yeah, there are definitely physical challenges, but I mean, from this kind of goes back to the independence as a whole, something that I'm kind of, I'm going to face, it's a personal goal for me going into this year, getting familiar with insurance, getting familiar with the financial aspect, because I've got two more years of college left. And then after that, I'm on my own own. So I don't have college. I won't be going back to my parents' house. I'll be graduating on to something else. And and that scares me to even think about it. But I think this year, you know, aside from doing my treatments, of which I've done a very, I've done a really good job. Um, I think one thing about taking your medicine, not only just taking your treatments and whatnot and being consistent with when you take your treatments, but also, I mean, we're immune deficiency patients. I don't know about anybody listening, but for me, I have a lot more things to take than just, uh, than just my treatments. So, I mean, eye drops, my eyes are always, you know, filled with, it's almost as if the, uh, the, oh, what are the, what do they call it? Uh, uh, sand fairy, whatever that comes, he leaves the whole desert in my eyes when I wake up is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's bad. So I take, I take uh, eye drops, uh, you know, being consistent with taking your, your medication. That's one goal I, I set set for myself uh, going into this year is making sure that I'm not only just accomplishing my infusions, but I'm also taking other medicine as well. And I'm doing that on time and I'm doing it uh, when I need to and when necessary to be able to help me, you know, in, in all aspects of of my life, whatever I have going on. But I would say the main goal for this year is is dealing with insurance, understanding the the talk behind it, you know, I really I I don't have a, much of a knowledge for the whole insurance side of things and and that's really that scares me. I want to be able to find you know find a way find a job is going to be a big priority uh one that that is able to the to, to pay for that and there's just so many concerns, so many questions so that's one goal for myself personally. That was the biggest thing is just trying to find insurance or trying to answer questions about insurance. Uh, so yeah.
1: Well, I uh, Keegan, I think you're uh, in so many ways keeping a couple of steps ahead of where you need to be because those insurance issues, especially once you get out of college, are going to be uh, very daunting uh, and and challenging. And Boy, they change each and every year. So the fact that you are uh, you, you moved on from uh, kind of the one oh one level of trying to uh, to make sure that you are independent and in control to the degree that you want to be um, in terms of your your general health, uh, physical health, your medications, and all that, and then on to that level of insurance is uh, is absolutely phenomenal. Which is, I'm not going to say even a two oh. Uh, one level that's a five oh one level class as far as I'm concerned um but you've talked about how you've taken these steps with again your uh making sure that you know your your medications your therapies uh all those other pieces are in line uh and that you're doing what you need to there, and that you're trying to of course. Uh, deal with some of these other issues that you know are coming up, like insurance. Um, but one thing that permeates all of us, you know, who are dealing with uh, a chronic illness, even in the best of times, uh, and of course, right now we are not necessarily in the best of times; it is challenging times. Uh, we're all dealing with stress, and you have the normal stress of the day to day: being in school, being in college, being a teenager, being a young adult. Um, relationships with family or relationships with friends, but you also have uh, the added stresses and complications of having, you know, a chronic illness and frankly, uh, a couple of different pieces to deal with there. Can you tell us a little bit about how you cope with stress, the coping mechanisms that you've uh, used, how you manage stress uh, you know, on the day-to-day now, uh, maybe what you've learned uh, over the last few years as, of course, your situation changed.
2: Well, I think there's a lot of ways for me uh, to, to alleviate stress or anything that I'm going through. I mean, first and foremost, I'm seeking family and friends and I'm asking them how they cope with certain things, you know, things that I'm relating to and and I seek their advice and I got to give props to the Immune Deficiency Foundation. Surround yourself with the individuals that know you best because when you get involved with a family like IDF, you kind of gain... You gain relationships within, and it's not just you know with people your age. It's it's people you know all across all walks of life. I mean, people that have been that are established, people that have kids. I mean, you, you so many so many different merits, so many different people, and that's that's the good thing about IDF is you're is you're you're exposed to this diversity. So you're you're getting you're getting familiar, you're getting knowledge, you're picking the brains of people that have been through it. You're picking the brains of people that are going through the same stuff that you are. But also, you know, when I'm at college, I just I'm trying to think, oh, you know, going out with in in these times, you probably could not. But, you know, having friends over, you know, not big amounts, just a couple of friends over, maybe a friend and and just, you know maybe going out or, or or you know having them bring something over bring food over and, and you know just talking i feel like talking is like the best way for me to alleviate stress i'm a part of a radio station so a lot of the times i'm i'm busy with that and i'm very involved with with the radio station on campus so i think one of the bigger ways for me to to alleviate stress is is vamp up my involvement with them you know, look for. I know that sounds like. Well, are you adding more stress to your plate? No, really, it's just it's like my safe haven. It's it's peaceful for me to to go to the radio station, and it's just what I like to do. Uh, being a part of podcast and and talking, and and that really alleviates stress, especially when I'm talking about sports. Um, you know, watching sports maybe watching your favorite, you know, television show. I know that there these are trying times and it's a little difficult to, you know, to be able to go out and be able to hang out with friends. So it might be a little bit more difficult. I'm not going to lie. But I mean, like even as simple as we're fortunate enough at our school, we have like yoga seminars. I don't know how they're going to do it this year, but I mean, you know, doing yoga, uh, maybe some simple breathing techniques, simple breathing exercises. Uh, for me, though, at, at its core, I think the best way to alleviate stress is just talking out and speaking my mind to other people that have been going through the same things, or, or you know, just finding my hobby, I guess, finding my niche, and it takes my mind off of everything that's going on.
1: Well, Keegan, that is. Um sage advice indeed and and I don't think that we could have actually um asked for anything more so I think that's a great place for us to uh for to end for right now so Keegan uh thank you so much for your insight your time your sticking with my curveballs um and just really appreciate your being so real with us and, and, uh, talking about, uh, things that, you know, not everyone is always willing to talk about. Um, so Keegan, thank you once again. Uh, and, uh, to all of you who are listening, we hope that, uh, our, uh, little chat here has offered our teen listeners and maybe their parents, uh, some thoughts about being independent and uh managing uh, life with a primary immunodeficiency, we really appreciate uh your being with us and uh keegan uh really appreciate your taking the time out of your day to talk with us. It really has been a pleasure,
2: yeah, not thank you for having me i I appreciated this this is like I said, and during the break, getting the rust off, trying to be able to answer some of these questions like I did when I was with council so Uh, this is much needed.
1: Well, Keegan, thank you. And uh, thank you again to our listeners for being with us here today. Uh, We hope that you'll join us for the entire series as we uh, talk about the concerns of uh, being a teen, uh, living with primary immunodeficiency. Until then, all of us here at IDF want to wish you good health and strength. And of course, remember, you are never alone. There's always people out here who want to help. We all just have to find each other.
0: podcast is a service of the Immune Deficiency Foundation. If you like our show and want to learn more, please subscribe to this podcast so future episodes will be sent to your device automatically. And leave us a review on iTunes so others will discover this podcast. Special thanks to the sponsors of IDF Youth Week, Takeda, CSL Bearing, Griffles, and Horizon Therapeutics. Their support allows IDF to offer programming like this episode and more. To learn more about primary immunodeficiency and the PI community, please visit the IDF website at www.primaryimmune.org. And if you have a question you would like answered, email us at info at Thanks for tuning in.